Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Thursday night, March 17, 2011. Happy St. Patrick's Day to one and all. Hope wherever you are, you are listening and having a good time and drinking responsibly. Bartender, Guinness all around. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports life and everything in between. My name is Joe, Just Business Buccino, and as always, seated in his leprechaun chair with his shillelagh, my tag team partner and co-host. David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. Daily Grind, a.k.a. I Don't Drink. <laughs> I guess I can't wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day, sir. Well, you could. I mean, it is still St. Patrick's Day after all, and, you know... Something about the iris or something. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue, sir. <laughs> Did you wear any green today? Um, no. I, I actually no. I was wearing my Transformers shirt. I got a sweet Autobot symbol on my chest. I got blue. I have a green towel that I'm going to use. Uh, you know, take a shower later. Does that does that count for St. Patrick's Day? Um, maybe it's just too much information for the audience. Just a little bit. Ah, <laughs> woo! <laughs> Why don't we give out the contact information, DG? Why don't we do that, sir? As always, folks, the call-in number. You need to call us, folks. We want the calls to keep on coming. 714-364-4721. Check out our website, the official, the one and only website, puregoldpg.com. You can check out our Twitter, our Facebook, and our YouTube there, of course, folks. And you can email us all individually if you check out our contact page. And, of course, as never, Joseph and myself write articles for SportsRages.com. Thank you, DG. I know that Tuesday was a show about ranting and raving and complaining and, you know, just about everything you could talk about with the basketball game that we went to on Monday night. And then we, you know, we skipped the Raw recap on Tuesday and went into some nuggets, got into that, and ended the show that way. So today, uh, in a normal spot, Pyro Falcon would be doing a Royal Recap with us, but DG, I get the feeling Pyro is out celebrating St. Patrick's Day. What do you think? That is quite possible. I mean, everybody pretends to be Irish, and they pretend to be, you know, Mexican on uh, Cinco de Mayo, which is coincidentally is my uh, dad's birthday. But that's quite possible. I mean, people use anything as an excuse to do anything, so who knows? Hopefully Pyro is, uh, you know, happy, healthy, and doing his thing, as it were, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the negative approach on that and say when you have a responsibility, especially when you've committed to do a segment with our show here on Pure Gold, I think you really got to commit to it and really stick to it. I mean, it's definitely not, you know, something that I would do. I think it's very unprofessional, DG. Well, as you know, of course, we are a very professional show, and we do nothing at all that is unprofessional, not anything, not insult each other, not belittle each other, not belittle our guests. We are the most professional cats you could ever come across. (laughs) So with that, I, I'm going to have to tell the Pure Gold audience, um, I'll, I'll, I was talking about it with DG, you know, but, you know, I think we're going to try to do raw recaps on Tuesday nights from now on because I just don't think we should wait until Thursday night. So I want to get right into it, DG. Can we uh, talk about some raw that happened three days ago, four days ago? Yes, sir. I uh, I completely agree. We we can't, you know, this is one of the things we were discussing with Pyro the other day that uh, we can't wait till Thursday to do the Raw Recap because there's so many things going on. And after all, it does happen on Monday. So we'd like to get into it on Tuesday. And, uh, 
you know, going forward, of course, you know, when, when we have Pyro on um, for his spot, we will, of course, do, um, you know, other things wrestling-related. Today we're going to get into something with one of my nuggets, but, you know, possibly come up with a top ten list and, you know, things of that nature that tie into wrestling and, you know, all things, uh, well, all the wrestling. But, JB, let's do it. Folks, we had a wonderful, and I mean wonderful, hilarious open to Monday Night Raw. Um, there's another classic segment, in my opinion, by The Rock. I know that Pyro doesn't agree because I read his article. He thought it was okay, kind of, you know, somewhat funny. But the fact of the matter is that it was good stuff. I cracked up. I know that Joe cracked up. But unfortunately, it proves to us all that John Cena is right about one thing. Rock doesn't show up live, you know, and even his pre-take... Unfortunately, or fortunately for us, even his pre-taped segments are better than John Cena's live ones. But the fact is that The Rock showing up again through videotape and not live, it, it kind of sucks. But, you know, on a, on a positive note when it comes to all that, The Rock is going to be appearing on Monday Night Raw the week, or the day after WrestleMania, and most likely the Monday before WrestleMania. So that'll be two weeks in a row that we're going to have The Rock live and in person, ready to lay the smack down on anyone who crosses his path, and ready to lay that rock bottom on any man. So, JB, give us your thoughts on that. Well, the bottom line, not to steal a catchphrase from, you know, Stone Cold, but the bottom line is that The Rock on video pops a crowd more than John Cena does live. So, you know, I give all the yeah, give all the credit in the world to Rock. He did another great promo, another great, you know, rip of John Cena. Um, this time using, you know, a little boy, basically saying that John Cena is a little boy, immature, has no talent. And, you know, this is the John Cena that fans, you know, have to get used to and are accustomed to, obviously. So this is something that I, I actually like because I think The Rock has been outclassing John Cena in every single promo so far. And I don't think John Cena, you know, can, has a leg to stand on, DG. I think that, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens at WrestleMania and the day after WrestleMania. Is this planting the seeds for a heel turn? I mean, it's possible, DG. It's very possible, and it's quite possible that, uh, you know, the WWE doesn't know where they're going to go exactly or what route they're going to take, but it would be nice to see The Rock uh, be there at any point for any reason, and then to have seen it turn heel, that would be amazing. You know, as like I was saying, this segment, quite simply, folks, is everything going on with The Rock, you know, coming live through all, uh, with him being there, just everything about him. This is the best thing on WWE TV or any wrestling TV in years, sir. And I'm sure that you feel the same way, and I'm sure that you would agree, sir. I definitely would. I mean, The Rock is, you know, he, I mean, I think we were kind of uh, fooled by him saying that he's back home, and we actually thought that he'd be showing up, like, on Monday nights. But yeah. you know, Well, he does show up on Monday nights, just not live. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does show up, just not live. So who knows if he's taping all these segments all in one day, and then they're just playing them, you know, uh, every week, so um, but the you know the rock definitely brings the rock definitely brings ratings to the show. He definitely makes us watch it, and he definitely makes us talk about Raw in a positive sense because you know usually we're we're negative about Raw. So when whenever oh, the rock you know whenever the rock segments come on, we're usually pretty positive about it. DG. Yeah, positively, obviously, definitely not negative. Uh, but you know, moving on from the rock. JB, next on the agenda, we had the Miz, who cut another pretty good promo. I have to say, though, and this is something that bugs me about him, when he talks and leaves his mouth gaping open, he looks like a buck-toothed goof. I mean, there's there just is no other way to to describe it. You know, there's really nothing else worth noting in that whole segment. But, um, Joe, did you what did you think about that promo? I mean, I know that Pyro loves the Miz and is always talking about him and, you know, possibly has a man crush on him, but... Uh, He's good. Don't get me wrong. I I think that he he has a lot of talent, but I don't think he's as great as as you know some people make him out to be. And his promos are good, but they're kind of I mean at least in my opinion they're kind of always the same thing. You know what do you think, sir? Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I'm gonna go back to what I said um, a couple shows ago that he still reminds me of the right now and especially in this angle for the main event at WrestleMania. He still reminds me of the kid that's in the classroom that's trying to get attention of the teacher. You know, so basically. It's something that, you know, gets repetitive and gets boring after a while. You're right, DG. I mean, he cuts a promo, and then, you know, he asks that question, really, really? And then I'm I'm thinking to myself, 
boy, am I really getting tired of this uh, Miz because uh, you know he he's really? proven to me really he's proven to me that uh, he's a mid carter that's been elevated to the main event maybe too fast or just the wrong way. So wait, really? I, I, really? <laughs> I th- I think that uh, I I hope I'm wrong because I I still think that somehow the Miz retains his title at WrestleMania though, DG, because I'm I'm convinced that. That Edge will win, you know. Edge will lose the the World Heavyweight Title to Del Rio. So I think that I don't think both World Titles are going to change hands. So it, it's going to be interesting, I guess, the last couple of weeks to see how this plays out. Sometimes I think the road to WrestleMania is just too long, especially when when the Miz can't cut a good promo. What do you think, Ichi? Really? 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 I didn't know we had the Miz on. Miz, I'm sorry about sir, that. I, sir, I really think that I really, 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 really agree with you. <laughs> you really? Really. Okay, like, really. Any other thoughts on that? <laughs> really. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, folks, <laughs> really, moving right along on the flip side from the Miz. Um, what did you take over my buck tooth? Uh, yes, sir? No, I was just going to say, do you think, I mean, we always talk about how the, you know, WWE Raw should, uh, well, just the WWE should elevate their mid-carders to main event talent, to main event status, because, you know, Triple H, John Cena, Randy Orton are always in the main event. So when when, when the WWE then promotes these guys to, to main event status, I think that that's a good thing, but I just think the way they book them sometimes is not the right way. Really? Hey, Miss, you really suck. Really? Sorry, sir, you were saying? I was saying, I was saying, really, they book these guys the wrong way when they bring them up from uh, from the mid-card to main event status, DG. I think it's a good thing that they, they bring them up to main event status. I just think the way they book them after that is just, it's putrid. Really? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> You you really think that it's future, sir? Are you trying like to hit the dump button on me and not hitting it right or something? Wait, what, what are you talking about? I heard this big beep. Really? 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 Yes, Miz. Really, really, really. Um, I couldn't agree with you more, sir. I think that the the WWE really needs to um, just get their act together, you know, when it comes to really pushing these guys because the fact of the matter is that the Miz really isn't main event, you know, and he's in the spot. He's in a good spot, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, should he really be the guy going into WrestleMania, fighting John Cena, getting in the middle of the whole John Cena, The Rock? It's almost like you said, he's a kid in the candy store, he's a kid trying to get the attention, and he really, really needs to just, Close his mouth, know his role, and shut his hole, sir. We really need to go on, to move on to the next segment because we've really spent a lot of time on this. You're right, sir, and it could be played again, but let's let's move on, sir. Um, the other wait, one more thing, if I can mention this real quick. Oh boy, he fought the oh, great Kali, right? He fought yeah. the great Kali. I mean, really, the great Kali. <laughs> Moving really? on. Uh, I must say that I absolutely loved, and I mean loved, how dead the crowd was when the one and only Grandmaster Sektai, Brian Christopher, a.k.a. Brian Lawler, a.k.a. I don't know what his real name is, came out. It goes to show you, folks, that not everything in the Attitude Era was good. That, and nobody in the crowd remembers who he is. Joe, any thoughts on how terrible he looked throughout the entire promo? I, I think my favorite part was that he was huffing and puffing as he was talking as he was talking to his dad, and he looks to be in worse shape than his father. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> he definitely does. Actually, he actually looks a little older than his father, which is impossible, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> which is really impossible, I have to admit. But, but it was funny because I thought that as I was watching. I'm like, man, he looks awful. And then listening to him, I know Pyro mentioned it too on his uh, his uh, recap, but I mean, he's terrible. <laughs> he looks like a fat mess. You know, and then to hear him, you know, Dad, you suck. 
I mean, that was just awful. You know, I, I don't know, Joe, maybe it's just me. I guess I take family very personal, obviously, really, because, you know, it's personal to me. But I didn't like them mentioning Jerry's uh, dead mother, the, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I didn't like bringing in Brian Christopher. I mean, it was good, but the, the crowd reaction really killed that whole segment. You know, then having really? him smack his old man around and be out of breath during that whole thing was, was a joke. But let me say on a positive note, having JR come out was absolutely great. They should have just made I, him go heel and turn on Jerry, which I think would have been would have made the whole segment better, by the way. Yeah, I think the the only thing I liked about the whole Brian Christopher part was that his name is Brian Christopher, which I actually liked that part of like when the Miz was saying, "How come you never change your name to Brian?" You know, Brian Waller. So you mean I, when when Cole was saying? Or Cole, whoever, really? <laughs> yeah, really. They really messed um, up. <laughs> yeah, you, you really did, but you know we've we've come to get used to that in pure gold. Um, the fact is, Joe, J, Jr. looks better than Brian Christopher. I mean, how sad is that? Yeah. The, the the one thing they mess up on though is that you know they they bring out Jr. and you think that he's going to save the segment, and all that happens is that you know Jack Swagger comes down and puts an ankle lock on you know uh, on Jr. and to me that makes no sense, especially really? if they're, if they're Really, if their intention is to make Jr. you know, the the broadcaster for WrestleMania, I mean, I didn't like that the heels got the upper hand in that whole segment. Not only did they get the upper hand in the segment of like making fun of you know Jerry's son, but then they also make you know they also got the upper hand by putting the ankle lock on you know Jr. one of the best announcers of all time. Yeah, really. or if you look, or if you listen to Kevin Knight, he's the most overrated announcer of all time. But <laughs> we'll forgive him for that one. Um, you know what, unless they're going to somehow turn this into Jarek, which I hope they do, Jr. coming back to Raw, and then Cole can go do it up DX style if you catch my drift over on SmackDown. Um, you know, the segment was, was kind of dumb, but it does get Jr. involved before WrestleMania. He's obviously going to be calling a match or two there. So, again, hopefully he'll be able to make his return to the WWE in style, as it were. Um, moving on from that, we have uh, your favorite wrestler, the beer-fruiting mantard, Randy Orton. It seems that, uh, you know, he just keeps getting the job done. He's punted every single member of the new Nexus, and they'll all be gone for years to come. This is absolutely unreal. What a horrible disgrace this group has turned out to be. Sir? <laughs> You're right. I think my two-year-old daughter could figure out this pattern. You know, Randy Orton fights a member of Nexus. <laughs> Punt. Out of here. Next victim. Next week. And then he's going to end up, obviously, definitely, really, really, Against the Miz at WrestleMania, <laughs> the Miz he's gonna fight Punk at WrestleMania. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> I've had one too many beers. <laughs> Pure gold. See you, Joe. You know it's funny because you. <laughs> it's like the third time that you've mentioned the Miz. You must really have a lot of Miz on your mind. <laughs> I really. Think <laughs> I think the sound bites threw you off, sir, because this is yeah. just a Pure Gold Slot Fest. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Moving on from that, um, I agree with you. I mean, you know, Randy Orton fighting the Miz at WrestleMania is going to be great. That's going to be a classic match. I mean, let's get serious for one second here. Don't you yes, think please. that the, don't you think Punk is actually going to beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania with this pattern? Well, I think that what's going to happen is that he's going to beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania, but then Randy Orton is going to beat The Miz at WrestleMania, as you just mentioned, and he's going to end up with a WWE title. If that <laughs> what bothers me, if, if I can be serious for a moment, it's a quote Lance Storm. We're just quoting everybody tonight, folks. Um, really? Yeah, really. The way that they should do this is that they should just somehow erase that Nexus ever existed. Because they're such a joke. They're, they're, you know, we talked about this at length, but it just bothers me. All these guys, every single one has been punted. They're going to be gone for months. Some people don't ever recover from being punted. They come back six to nine months later. I guess they're back in FCW, but moving on from that. Um, the next note of the day, folks, we only have a couple more, uh, you know, slot fest here for the WWE. But, and I know you're going to love this. Joe, do you know who is being added? To the WWE <laughs> You talk about this class You mentioned it last week and I thought it was funny But how bad is this class That they are now adding Drew Carey Not Jim Carey folks But Drew Carey to the WWE Hall of Fame You have got to lay the smack down on that sir That is Probably um, I don't know if that ranks up there with Coco Beware Because I don't think anything can rank up there With Coco Beware 
<laughs> yeah, but and at least Coco wrestled, sir. I mean, come on. <laughs> Drew Carey? Really? No, no I, I just want to add Coco Beware because I, I try to fit. Anytime you bring up the WWE Hall of Fame, I try to bring up Coco Beware in every conversation. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. You do that all the time, and it's really annoying. It's really annoying. But to have Drew Carey, I mean, that is such a joke. I don't even know what Vince is thinking to get Drew Carey in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you need to put other guys in the Hall of Fame. If you're going to start doing that, you need to put Liberace in the Hall of Fame before you put in Drew Um, Carey. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame, you know, on a serious note. Why is Liberace not in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. And why is Drew Carey ahead of him? I don't think Liberace, well, maybe because he's a homosexual. Folks, we're going to turn into an unadulterated train wreck with that last comment. I think we're just going to hang up, close the show out, and we'll see you next Tuesday night, folks. For Jamie, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always... Stop it, stop it, really, really. Un- unbelievable, folks. The fact is, I don't know about that. I, I-, I don't even want to go there. I- let's just have that stricken from the record book. Uh, Jose, can you get rid of that? Thanks. We need our editing crew to take care of that. But the fact is that Drew Carey being in the Hall of Fame is an absolute sham. It makes, you know, he's legitimate. He's trying to legitimize it by putting certain people in, but then to put Drew Carey in there? Come on. I mean, come on. Make us all sick. Um, the fact of the matter is that by that criteria, if I'm not mistaken, Drew only appeared once at a, at a Royal Rumble. So by that criteria, Snooki's going to be at WrestleMania. That means she's going to be inducted next year. Yeah, do you really want to talk about that segment of Raw? I mean, Snooki... Adding Snooki to a three, you know, uh, a mixed tag match. I mean, how bad is that? I know that right now that that the Jersey Shore gets these crazy ratings on MTV. It's really bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> but Snooki is now going. Snooki is now going to be part of a. We might as well just cover it and get rid of it because you know Snooki is going to be at WrestleMania. <laughs> She's going to be wrestling with Morrison and Trish, taking on the Miz. Alex Riley and who? He's going to be taking on the Miz again. He put the Miz in another match. <laughs> no, I, I, I was just kidding about that one, really. Snooki, the one and only Snooki, folks, is going. Yeah. Well, the Miz is a reality star, so I think I think our focal point for this show should just be the Miz. We just cancel everything else. Um, Snooki is going to be wrestling in a match with Trish Stratus, the great Trish Stratus. And uh, John Morrison against Dolph McZiggles and uh, Laycool, which is Layla, whatever the heck, Layla Ali, I think it is, and uh, um, the other lady. What's her name? Michelle McCool. Yep. They're going to have a six-person tag. It's going to be an absolute slop fest. I don't understand why she's going to be there. And, you know, I bet that Wow, who is much better looking, by the way, let me just throw that out there since my wife is not, you know, present at the moment. I bet you Wow is jealous because, first of all, she's better looking. Second of all, she showed up on lousy TNA TV instead of WWE, and not to mention the fact that Snooki, all four foot ten of her, is getting a match at the biggest pay-per-view of the year on any, you know, wrestling, Ring of Honor, TNA, anything, WCW, ECW. WrestleMania is the biggest show of them all. I don't understand. I actually feel bad for uh, Morrison and Ziggler because instead of being in the money in the bank, which they're not doing this year, they get this toilet bowl of a match. I don't know, sir. Moving right along. Can you give us your thoughts on the whole uh, Shawn Michaels for like the ninth straight week in a row talking about the Triple H Undertaker match? I mean, he's been on WWE TV to promote this match more than Triple H or The Undertaker, and that really bugs me. At this point, they got to bring Shawn Michaels to WrestleMania. Obviously, he'll be there when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, but they need to either make him a special referee or do something because like, he's he's talking more than Triple H and Undertaker combined. <laughs> <laughs> he really is, which gets me because as great as, and I love Sean, he's my all-time favorite, but as great as he is, Triple H, when was the last time, was he on Raw? He wasn't even on Raw this week, was he? Or, or am I missing something? He was not on Raw, you're right. So, how is it that Sean shows up, Sean from his home, and you know that Sean taped all these segments, unlike The Rock, he actually changed his clothes. You know that Sean is taping all, taped all these segments in one night because he's got the same hat, the same outfit. And it's just like, enough, 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 enough. <laughs> now, I All mean, I can say, very... go ahead. Oh, sir. I think I show off like I always do. Um, you know, one, th- one thing that Sean mentioned that I thought was funny, he mentioned that there's a certain barrier 
about the about the streak, about the Undertaker streak. And you know, folks, the barrier is the WWE writers because my disdain for the Undertaker streak it should be, in fact, as legendary as the as the streak itself. I think it's an absolute joke that this man, this old sloppy, you know, whoop jalopy. Oh, let me just say this. If there's one guy I would never want to run into in a dark alley, it's The Undertaker, because that man is legitimately scary. But aside from that, The Undertaker is, what, 18-0 at WrestleMania? Is it 19-0? I forget. 18, right? 18. Why? Why so many wins? Why? I don't understand it. You know, like I said last week, Shawn Michaels was like 6-11 at WrestleMania. The great Shawn Michaels, who is greater than The Undertaker could ever hope to be in terms of everything... But he was six and eleven at WrestleMania. Hogan was like I think eight and three or nine and three, but eighteen and oh, I, JB, I just think it's insane. Absolutely something, insane. Yeah, there's some things that we're never going to be able to explain with WWE logic. You can never try to figure it out. But my point about making Sean the referee is that at least uh, add some intrigue to the match. I mean, they might do the, the streak versus the career, which I don't think they've announced yet, but. To have Shawn Michaels as the referee was, is interesting now because he's mentioned how he doesn't know how he's going to feel if Triple H wins, and he doesn't know, you know, how if Undertaker wins, he's going to be just like, you know, Triple H is just going to be like Shawn. He couldn't get the job done. Now, where they mess up things is where, you know, you have Cole versus Waller, and you have, you know, Austin as the referee. You need a heel yeah. referee in that. You need a heel referee in that match because. Obviously, definitely, Jerry Waller is really? going to, you know, he's going to kick Cole's butt. I mean, you don't need a special referee in that match. It'd be good to save your special referee of the night for this match, the Triple H versus Undertaker match. Well, what my thing is, what is Austin going to do? Is he going to interrupt if Swagger gets involved? Is he going to stun him? I mean, what, what what's the deal with that, sir? It always happens at WrestleMania lately. Stone Cold will be the special referee, and then he ends up, you know, stunning and get some beer poured on the heel. So, you know, it's pretty obvious that Cole's going to lose the match and he's going to get some beer poured on him, and the fans are going to pop out to it, but that's way too obvious for me. I'd rather I'd rather, I'd rather, have JBL as that special referee so we could see, you know, that Cole actually has a chance of winning that match over Waller, which we hope doesn't happen. I but, agree, know, because Austin, Austin is obviously going to stun Jack Swagger out of his, out of his uh, wrestling tights or shoes or whatever. So I agree with that. I, I didn't thought about that, honestly, but that's a really good point, and you're right. It should be a heel referee, but it's not. So, unfortunately, this one is, you know has a – what's the word I'm looking for here? And that's predictable written all over it. And speaking of predictable, I know it's something we talked about today. We both agree on this one, but The Miz – again, we're talking about The Miz. He really laid out John Cena really? again on Raw. Explain that to me, sir. I think for the past three or four weeks, at least three – He's ended Raw laying over John Cena's lifeless corpse. So this this basically tells me it's going to take about five seconds at the rate Miz is going. He's going to get destroyed um, during this match, lose, and then probably somehow end up as the referee for the the second <laughs> referee for the uh, Cole Lawler match. There goes your heel, really. So we got to get the Miz in every match. But you know one thing I noticed, Joe, about the crowd in whatever the I don't even remember what town they were in, but they absolutely suck. You know, they were just terrible. You would think it's such a big city, which I can't remember the time, which city. But, you know, they were just so terrible. And it goes to show you how a bad crowd can really ruin the event or make it worse because they weren't into anything. They weren't into the ending. They weren't into uh, Grandmaster Sexy coming back. And they were into the Rocks promo, but not as much as you would think there would be. Any thoughts on the horrific crowd, sir? Well, two two thoughts. Um, first, yeah, it's always a bad sign when the heel always gets the upper hand on the face before pay-per-view. And so far, the pattern has been, you know, Miz has been getting the upper hand every single night, you know, every single Raw the last couple of weeks. So uh, I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, when you got a formula of the heel getting the upper hand, then when you get to pay-per-view, usually you usually have the face overcome all the stuff that the heel did for the past month. So I'm kind of concerned, even though I think the Miz still will retain, I'm, I'm now I'm really concerned, especially if, Miz gets the upper hand next couple of weeks, and Cena has no, you know, no offense at all to, you know, counter Miz's attacks. That's yeah. one thing. And you're, and the one thing I'm always wondering, DJ, is that I just found out, and I think I told you this on Monday, but they have the road to WrestleMania. I think actually this Saturday or next Saturday, they're they're in Madison Square Garden for a house show, but it's the road to WrestleMania. Now, how come they don't make 
like Madison Square Garden one of the big hot spots on the way to WrestleMania? How come they don't hit like the Chicago's, the Madison Square Gardens, the Boston's on their way, and they pick dead towns, which you know the fans are just so dead. It's like the the segment is not as effective when the crowd is not into it. I completely agree with you. They were in St. Louis this week, and I don't remember. I, I don't know if you do, sir, because I, I wasn't able to watch Raw all the way through this week. When Randy Orton came out, if you saw it, was there? Did he get a big pop because he is from St. Louis? Um, I, I really don't recall. I'm sure he got what we call the tweener pop. I mean, some people love him, some people hate him, just like John Cena. So I don't remember if he got a big pop or not. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, how come they don't like make Raw at Madison Square Garden on the way to on the road to WrestleMania? How come they don't hit the big spots and they hit these towns and these arenas that are like just not into it? I agree, sir. Instead of going to Buffalo, they should have come to MSG. Instead of going to St. Louis, that's where the bowl. They should have gone here to the to the uh, Prudential Center. And I agree because they're going to be in the Prudential Center, aren't they, on Sunday? This Sunday, uh, they're going to be at the, the Prudential Center. What's the point of that? What's the point of being in the Garden and the Rock, not that rock, this rock, two days in a row on the road to WrestleMania, two weeks before WrestleMania? I don't know. I agree with you on that, sir. As usual, I don't get it. Instead of going to horrific towns like Buffalo and St. Louis where the crowd couldn't give a crap, they need to come to better towns. But, you know what? I'm sick of this. We're really done with Raw. Let's move on, sir. No, we need... PG. What? No. Sir? Yes, sir? What? No. Huh? No, really, we're not done because I'm surprised that you, uh, you, know, you get minus points for this. You forgot one segment that we forgot to talk about. Wait, which segment are you talking about? Are you talking about the fact that at WrestleMania, Travis Outlaw of the New Jersey Nets is going to be the guest referee because he is truly the last outlaw. Is that what you were going to say, sir? Nope, I wasn't going to say that. You actually <laughs> forgot to mention that we have a new U.S. champion. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my. I can't believe I forgot about that. Wow. I, you know what? I, we, need to, we need to just quit this show today because this is just been it's over. You know, we're both off today. I'm over here drinking lemonade and eating Bubba Burgers and eating pretzels, and I forgot that Sheamus, my wife's favorite wrestler, won the United States title. I mean, I I like Sheamus. You know, know, I'm a fan of his. You know that. But we forgot to mention that he is going to – he's now the new United States champion. I I find this odd, and I know this is something you're always picky about, but to have a a full-blooded, born-and-bred Irishman as the United States champion – it's something about that I just find so odd. Not only that, but I think it would have been better if Sheamus had somehow won this match by countout or had gone to something where Sheamus wins but doesn't win the belt, and then you set up the rematch at WrestleMania and then have Sheamus win at WrestleMania because the way his luck has been, he may just – there's probably going to be a rematch. You would think there will be a rematch between him and, and Brian at WrestleMania. He'll probably lose back to Brian, you know. But it would be nice to see Sheamus get a decent run with the United States title. Any thoughts on that, sir? It was definitely a good match for the most part. I, I liked the match. Oh, yeah, match. definitely, really. <laughs> definitely. It was really a good match. I mean, it, I agree with DG, though. I mean, you didn't have to take the strap off of Daniel Bryan to prove that Sheamus, you know, was, you know, the equal of Daniel Bryan or a little bit better. You could have had him win via DQ. Well, you can't have him win via DQ, but you could have definitely had him win via countout or something where the, the strap doesn't change hands on Raw but changes at WrestleMania. So, once again, you know, I think the WWE dropped the ball on that one. Um, but I'm surprised no, that you actually you, missed the whole segment. And, well, you know what it is? We talk about Sheamus so much, I guess I must have thought that we already talked about him. But you know what, folks? Speaking of shameful things, let's move on. Uh, this this shameful segment was brought to you by Freedom Cleaning. You have an office, an apartment, or even a church that needs to be clean, or even a show that needs to be cleaned up like Pure Gold. Call Freedom Cleaning at 973-668-2275, located in West Patterson, a.k.a. Woodland Park, New Jersey. They service Passaic, Bergen, Essex, and Morris Counties. Freedom Cleaning is an LLC. Let us do the dirty work. Call Benjamin Ortiz for a price quote today at 973-668-2275, or email them at freedom, the number 2, clean at yahoo.com. Sir, and as we move on to the next segment, introduce what we have coming up, and hopefully this will really, really, really be a good one. Well, folks, it's 1034, and it's time for something, hopefully, really, obviously, will help clean up this show because it's been really, really, really great. 
TJ is going to be giving us our sports update, and he's brought to you by Bikram Yoga. TJ, you're brought, brought to you by Bikram Yoga. Are you curious about <laughs> trying hot yoga but intimidated? Well, don't be. You're never yoga? too old, too bad, or too late, or too sick to start from scratch again. Come in and try <laughs> with our no-commitment introductory offer of $20 for the first week. That's right, TJ. Unlimited yoga for $20. You really have nothing to lose. If you want to get into that suit that you're talking about, you might want to try this hot box yoga. Beacom Yoga, located on 5th Ave and 83rd Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York. For more information, visit their website, TJ, at www.beacrombayridge.com. And when you go in, TJ, mention Pure Gold. Sir, before... Wait, hold on, sir, hold on a second. (laughs) With further ado, before we get into TJ, I have to admit that I absolutely love how you really, really, really managed to butcher... The ad, whenever you read it the first time, it is an absolute train wreck, and you did not fail to to do that tonight, sir. So I greatly applaud you. And let me just mention that when you call Freedom Cleaning, folks, please mention Pure Gold. And now, oh, sir, sure. without further ado. <laughs> Wait, you, you're about to, you didn't butcher your segment by not mentioning Pure Gold, but I butchered mine again. Of course, you did. <laughs> Wait, is it Barry's New Jersey or Barry's Brooklyn or New York? Wait, wait which town is it in? It's in Brooklyn, New York. TJ, save Thank us you. from this this show, please. <laughs> I'm going to do my best here. Busy please. Night the NHL tonight. <laughs> Blues and the Kings, Wild and the Sharks, both set to, to uh, face off any moment now. Uh, currently, we have the Flames are leading the, uh, the Avalanche in the waning moments of the second. Coyotes over the Oilers. They lead with about five minutes to play in the second. We had some exciting games tonight. Uh, Flyers lose to the Thrashers in a shootout, 4-3. to three. The Lightning lose to the Canadians, also in a shootout, 3-2. to two. Red Wings over the Blue Jackets, 2 nothing. Bruins and the Predators are tied right now as they start their first uh, overtime. The Senators over the Devils, 3-1. to one. Panthers smack the Maple Leafs around, 4 to nothing. And the Stars over the Blackhawks at the end of the second. Ah, in the NCAA tournament. Nice. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone take a bath and break. San Diego State over Northern Colorado. Kentucky over Princeton. Pittsburgh over Asheville, uh, UNC. West Virginia defeats Clemson. Butler over Old Dominion. Moorhead over Louisville. Temple over Penn State. That was kind of a surprise, I suppose. Right. It uh, was. Florida over UC Santa Barbara. Wolford over BYU. Bucknell gets smacked by Connecticut, 81-52. <laughs> Wisconsin over Belmont. Uh, UCLA is currently leading at the half against Michigan State. Gonzaga is leading St. John's at the end of the first. Missouri uh, is losing to Cincinnati as they close out the first. And Utah State, Kansas State is just underway, JB. Oh, thank you, sir. And thankfully, in the NBA, uh, a very slow night in the NBA, thankfully. <laughs> uh, Bulls over the Nets, 84-73. Knicks really lay one on the Grizzlies, 120-99. And Cavs fail, Blazers. The Blazers are blowing out the Cavs right now, JB. Woo! Well, I think there's a slow night in the NBA because – of the beginning of the NCAA tournament plus St. Patrick's Day, TJ. So or, without further ado, or, or, or it's possible or, that they're all all the NBA players are out there doing some hot box yoga in Brooklyn, New Jersey, and Brooklyn, New York. That is very possible. TJ, you gotta check that place out. Yeah, please without do. Further, <laughs> with, without further ado, it's time for Todd's take. So Todd, please take it away before I think it up. Really? So. So with the start of the NCAA tournament, uh, So America's second favorite in between NFL season filler, March Madness is underway. <laughs> Yay. JB, did you fill in your bracket? I did. Do you want to hear what I got? DG, <laughs> did you fill in your brackets? I don't give a damn about the NCAA, sir. My bracket, I'm going to wipe my butt with that my bracket when the show's over. All right, so to those of you who did fill in brackets, shame on you, JB. And uh, to those of you who filled in multiple brackets, you suck. 
<laughs> At this time, I would may I remind all of you that the opinions expressed by Todd State do not reflect those of Pure Gold or Blog Talk Radio. Basketball oh, is brutal enough in the NBA version, <laughs> but for the NCAA to try and whip the nation into a frenzy about watching an amateur sport, try harder. There is no way I'm watching even a moment of this tripe. I yes. have purposely removed both CBS and all six ESPN channels from my remote favorite setup. I abhor March Madness. Oh, preach it, brother. Stewart, I'm watching Martha Stewart reruns on DVR with my wife rather than watch any of this so-called tournament. And speaking of this tournament, somebody asked me yesterday how I felt about expanding the tournament, and I told them, expand away. Put all the schools in, and this way, when everybody is special, <laughs> nobody is special. Yes. Who cares? Expand it, contract it, do what you want. I don't care. I'm not watching. Are you listening, CBS? I am not watching. ESPN, Hopefully, yeah. I hope you're listening. I am not listening, ESPN. I am avoiding it at all costs because other than this rant, I refuse to even acknowledge it. <sighs> They're even talking about it on NFL Network. Listen to me, Rich Eisen. That's I know crazy. you're out there. I know you're listening. Don't make me come out there. <laughs> Your network is my only refuge. Please do not take that away from me. You have plenty of other things to talk about. I really don't like the option, which is to climb to the top of 280 Park Avenue and jump off and have my life taken. This is TJ. <laughs> JB? Wow. I thought you were actually going to save the show tonight, TJ. <laughs> Why not go down and fall of flames? Wait, 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 hold on, Joe. Hold on, Joe. Hold on. Before you before you rip my new best friend, Todd, that was by <laughs> far the greatest take of all time, better than The Undertaker, better than any other of Todd's takes. And the fact that our president is out there, instead of worrying what's going on in the Middle East and worrying what's going on in this country, he's out there making a stupid NCAA bracket. Obama, you know where you can go. Todd is absolutely right. For people like us, true Americans, true patriots, the NCAA absolutely sucks. <laughs> you know, not only did you just poo-poo uh, the biggest tournament in, like, you know, of the year that, that you know, justifies why people, get, yeah, why people get drunk on St. Patrick's Day just to watch these games. <laughs> I agree that the first couple of rounds are not that not that good, TJ. And, I don't and think DJ. they need a reason to drink on St. Patrick's Day, sir. Let's see what we did tonight so far. So far, we've called out the homosexual. We've ripped Pyro. <laughs> we've had a, a Todd's take that's ripping the NCAA tournament that's going on right now. Which is great. Which is great, yeah. by the way. Yeah, and um, it it only goes down more downhill from here. TJ, <laughs> have a good weekend. Thank you. Oh, man, I, I loved it. Sir, I absolutely loved it. That was the best Todd's take of all time. And the fact is that he's right. I mean, who cares about the NCAA? I don't mind professional basketball so much, but who really cares? I know that people get into it, but, I mean, my school sucks. They should just put everybody in the tournament. They should put every school on the planet, even high school, they should put them into it and just see how that goes. But anyway, moving on from that, sir, hit us with some of your nuggets before I get into mine and we close out this. Uh, this is probably the greatest pure gold of all time, sir. I mean, I, I can't even give you my nuggets at this point because the show's gotten it's – it's been going downhill so much that I don't even want to mention that. I want to tell you what my brackets look like because you guys just can't stand the NCAA tournament. Well, sir, I mean, it's up to you. If you don't want to talk about that, then, you know, it'll be a favor to me and those who don't like the NCAA. And I get that people like college basketball. I don't know. I mean, I, I do like the fact that the college basketball is an actual tournament versus the this ridiculous amount of bowl games in the in the NCAA, you know, as far as football. But so the concept of having a true national champion, I do like that. But aside from that, you know, the rest can you know where you can go, you know where, sir. So if you're not going to hit us with any of your nuggets, would you mind if I hit you with mine? Well, I'm sure that they're just as bad as the rest of the show has been. So hit me with them. All right. Well, on, we're going to have some sad news here, folks, and some, some negative news. Um, Michael Goh, I believe is how it's pronounced, G-O-U-G-H, he's best known for playing Batman's butler, the wonderful 
Alfred in all four of the major Batman movies before, of course, Christopher Nolan rebooted it. He passed away today. He was 94 years old, and he died of old age. Um, one thing that I always thought was interesting about him is that he's the only character to have been in all four of those movies, the first two of which were classic, the last two not so much. Um, Joe, I'm sure you saw some of the Batman movies. Any thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, I mean, I think he did a great job as Alfred. He was casted perfectly. Um, if you asked me what other movies he was in, I probably couldn't tell you what other movies he's in, but to me he'll always be known as Alfred. Uh, 94 is, you know, a really good life, you know, DG, 94 years old. I mean, nothing to sneeze at. Definitely not. I uh, I agree, sir. There's no, definitely nothing to sneeze at. But uh, aside from that, folks, on another negative note, and this is really, oh, this, I mean, dying is the saddest thing, obviously, but this is terrible. Atlanta Braves minor league manager Luis Salazar was struck in the face with a line drive ball during spring training the other day. Uh, on the ninth, actually, is when the accident occurred. He has unfortunately lost his eye. He had to have it removed, and you know the doctors were unsa- unable to save his eye, obviously. But Joe, I mean, how horrible is this that this happened to this guy? You know, a career baseball man, great baseball man. But then you have the other side of the coin, Brian McCann, the catcher for the Braves. You know, a good good player, solid player. You know, all star. He's got to live with this for the rest of his life that he hit a foul ball at cost. Somebody in his organization, even if it was a fan or whatever, yeah, okay, obviously that's terrible. But somebody in his organization, he cost them by accident his eye. I mean, th- that's got to be the kind of thing that, like, how do you recover from that? Can you recover from that? Yeah, if he's not seeing a sports psychologist before he hit this guy in the eye, I think he's probably going to be seeing a sports psychologist. Uh, now, because it, you're right, DG, you've affected somebody's livelihood. Um, you know, he's lost. I, I, he could, he could see out of his other eye, obviously, definitely. But yeah. he, you know, I mean, just to hit another human being with a baseball line drive. Obviously, he didn't do it on purpose. It's still something yeah. that's going to be in the back of your head. Be like, the next time you hit a foul ball, am I going to hit somebody else? Am I going to hurt somebody else's life? And am I going to, you know? you know, endanger anyone else. I always wondered, DG, with those line drives that baseball players hit, aren't you surprised that more players or more fans don't get hurt as bad as, you know, losing an eye? I am actually surprised by that. And when I heard that this happened, I mean, I I was just shocked. You know, this is before he lost his eye, obviously. You know, it was a sad, sad state of affairs. But, man, it, it is surprising but what are, like what are the odds though? You know he's in the dugout. He gets hit with a line drive. I got to think that any time that Brian McCann hits a foul ball, which is obviously going to be a ton of times because he's going to play so much this year, he's going to have to you know look to his left and to his right. And I just feel I mean I have to feel horrible for both people involved here. You know I mean Luis Salazar is going to tell me it wasn't your fault. It was an accident. Which yeah it was. But when you when you're responsible for it, don't tell me that that's not going to affect you, sir. Yeah, you're right. The one thing they do tell you, I mean, all the way from when I started in T-ball and peanut league is you got to always keep your eye on the ball and make sure you're always paying attention. Even if you're in the dugout, if you're in the crowd, if you're sitting behind the plate, wherever you are, you, if you're, you know, on third base, you got to always keep your eye on the ball because, you know, things like this, the, these unfortunate things do happen. And, you know, those baseballs are coming at like, what, 150 miles an hour, especially off the bat. So, you got to always keep your eye on the game and make sure you're paying attention. So it's just uh, for all you kids out there that are listening, make sure you're always keeping your eye on the ball. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's just horrible. It really is. And, and again, I feel I feel terrible about that, folks. But, uh, you know, we could, we could spend a whole half a show talking about this. But moving on to something else, and I guess a lighter note, but maybe not really. Um, well, compared to this, yeah, I went to go see Wrangle a couple of weeks ago, and I had to bring this up. My wife and I went. We took our, my sister-in-law and our two nephews. You know, one is 13 and the other one is 7. And, um, you know, we thought we were taking them to see a kids' movie. Obviously, it's animated. Not sure if you've seen any commercials or previews for JB. I know you're not a huge movie buff. But, I mean, this movie was so bad. My wife absolutely detested it. My sister-in-law detested it. The kids fell asleep. I was the only one who would absolutely hate it. Kind of like our Smallville View segments where I'm the only one, the only light in the midst of the darkness between you and Hans. But... I mean, it's an animated movie. Yeah, okay, maybe every animated movie is not aimed for kids, but I just don't think that kids would get any of the jokes in the movie. Johnny Depp, funny stuff, but it was very adult, very adult-themed, very, you know, non-childlike. And then there was one scene in the movie that particularly disturbed me. Again, having a, a seven-year-old niece who her name happens to be the, the one character in the movie being offended, 
Um, you know, two of the female characters had this exchange where they were calling each other skank and tramp, and I believe they used the word slut. Not sure, but uh, I know they said skank and tramp at least going back and forth, and I just thought that was so inappropriate because, again, so many kids are watching this. Yeah, my recommendation would be to avoid Wrangle like the plague. Two thumbs down on that bad girl. And moving on from that, folks, in the last few minutes of the show, I'd like to discuss something. Um, and we can always get into a little bit more of this uh, as time goes on. But you know, I finally saw the top 50 WWE superstars of all time, or, you know, WWE's version of the top 50 superstars of all time. I saw it on Netflix because Netflix is a whole bunch of WWE movies now, and I have Netflix, so, you know, what the heck, it's free, right? I'm paying for it, so I may as well not have to go out and buy the DVD. I have to say, though, Joe, I know you're going to chime in on this. The list itself is an absolute farce. Todd Grisham himself said that the current WWE superstars voted on it. Now, I, wa- I want to know, who the hell, what were they on when they, were, when they made this list? It's just so terrible. They're either completely insane, have double personalities, or they have no knowledge of wrestling history because, I mean, this list is horrific, sir. I know you have it in front of you. What would you say is the most uh, egregious mistake on this list? I know what mine is, but I want to know what yours is, sir. Well, as I look at this list, I, I the first person, because in my book, the biggest wrestler and the best wrestler of all time, not in terms of technical wrestling, but just overall brought, brought it in terms of like money, made wrestling what it is today, everything. When you, when you add up the whole total package, to me, Hulk Hogan has to be the number one wrestler of all time, just for the fact that he made what wrestling is today. And there's no disputing that, I don't think. So when I see, and I look down the list, and I start seeing number one, he's not there, number two, no, four, five, no, all right, seven, eight, still not there, 13, nope, I'm up to 20, and I don't see him yet. Oh, wait, there he is. DG, he's number 23. What the hell is that about? I don't, I don't understand, and it's funny because, again, Todd kept emphasizing how this isn't his list. There was going to be controversy, and he himself, and he's paid by the WWE, was actually, he said he was shocked that they were talking about him so early in the countdown. How do you have the most recognizable wrestler in the history of the business, the man who pretty much carried the 80s on his back for the WWF, not a WWF, the man who had the most famous moment in wrestling history when he body slammed onto the Giant. The man who was with Cindy Lauper at WrestleMania. The man who was the rock and roll connection, rock and wrestling connection. The man who was all over cartoons and cereal boxes. And I remember the Hulk Hogan weight set, which my brother and I owned. And I actually have a scar in the back of my head to prove that I owned that weight set. Folks, how is he number 23? I could almost understand if he wasn't number one. But if he was in the top five at least. But number 23, how does that happen? It goes to show you that WWE superstars know absolutely nothing. Because, and again, I'd actually talk more about this list, you know, not just today, if possibly get into this, you know, at a later date. Um, but how can anybody tell me that Terry Funk is better than Hulk Hogan, that Jerry Lawler is better than Hulk Hogan, that Edge, how the hell is Edge better than Hulk Hogan? That's John Cena? Dusty Rhodes? Dusty Rhodes? I mean, Dusty Rhodes is a legend. At least he's an all-time great. But, you know, I mean, gorgeous Ray, George? Seriously? Ray Mysterio? Ray Mysterio, really? number nine? Ray Mysterio? Ray Mysterio is better than Ric Flair? Ray Mysterio is better than Hulk? Are you kidding me? I mean, Andre the Giant, okay, whatever, but how is Andre number eight and Hogan is number 23? I didn't, I'm surprised Hogan even made the list at this point. And the other one that really stands out to me as being awful is Ric Flair. How is Ric Flair number 17? You're telling me that John Cena is better than Ric Flair. You're telling me that Triple H, I don't even like Ric Flair, folks. You're telling me that Triple H is better than Ric Flair. You're telling me that Eddie Guerrero is better than Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. You have got to be kidding me. This list is a joke. I don't know what the criteria is, what they were voting on, but how, how... Joe, how is it possible that the two greatest wrestlers of all time, in terms of you know personality, you know, maybe in terms of being recognized, it would be Hogan and then Austin. But how are you going to tell me that Flair and Hogan, who are widely regarded as the greatest of all time, are going to be number seventeen and number twenty-three respectively? Yeah, and I like what we're doing with the list right now. We're not really getting into it, but we're because we're not talking about the wrestlers. We're just talking about the order, which is a good way to wrap up this show because we could definitely dive into this list and talk about the actual wrestlers, but I'm also looking at things like 
the fabulous Moolah at number twenty-seven. I mean, Hulk Hogan beat the fabulous Moolah by by four people, <laughs> so he barely beat the fabulous Moolah. Moolah, uh, and then you have Randy Orton on this list as number twenty-nine. So I mean, you could pick apart this list from top to bottom and just be like, what the hell they were thinking? Look at number forty-five, DG. I mean, this guy is the guy that you know put on a 90-second match at TNA's pay-per-view this past Sunday, Jeff Hardy, and he's number forty-five. Are you kidding me? Sir, I just don't know. And it's no offense. No offense to anybody, you know, who's on this list. But, I mean, seriously, Bruno San Martino, who held the WD title for, what, seven, eight years? He's number 24? I mean, Chris Jericho's number 25? Seriously? Ted DiBiase, number 20? I don't even understand this list. And Randy... Folks, Randall K. Orton is number 29. Somebody explain. I'm surprised he wasn't higher on this ridiculous list, but how is Randy Orton the 29th greatest uh, superstar of all time? And what bugs me, sir, I know we had this whole argument about Sting, but Sting isn't on this list. Sting, the icon, the legend, is not uh, is not one of the 50 best of all time. Jeff Hardy, who showed up out of his mind for the TNA pay-per-view, is better than Sting. Batista is better than Sting. I mean, come on, sir. you got to be kidding me. Not only is Sting on this list, but he actually makes your top ten, which is even more annoying, I'm sure, for you, because he makes your top ten, and he's not even on the top 50 here. And then you have, you know, again, I don't even know if Harley Race should be the sixth best wrestler of all time. I mean, you look at Shawn Michaels, number one, Taker, number two, three, number Austin, you know, Austin is number three. I mean, you could almost, you know, you could obviously say that those those people should belong there, right around there. But when you look at other names like we just mentioned, I mean, let me just pick another one out for you right now. I mean, Junkyard Dog at number 37 and Sting didn't make the list, DG. Uh, something is really wrong. And that's why I don't like lists sometimes because you wonder, like, what were these people thinking when they made this list? I, I, I don't get it sometimes. I don't know. I, I agree with you. Sometimes lists can be ridiculous, but... I'm telling you, sir, the, the, I mean, Pat Patterson is number 30, seriously. I mean, who the hell, who the hell voted for some of these people? Who in their right mind was thinking to themselves, you know what, Kurt Angle deserves to be number 34. Kurt Angle should be number 34, seriously? You know, Mick Foley's better, Mick Foley's better than Kurt Angle? I mean, it's late and I wanted to start screaming. I absolutely want to start screaming. Mick Foley is better than Kurt Angle. Are you are you out of your mind with this crap? You know, I, I just don't understand, you know. And, again, we can dive into this because we haven't even mentioned all the names. But, I mean, some of these – I'm not saying these guys don't deserve it. I don't agree with the order at all. I don't think Sean should be number one. If anything, he should be three. But I agree with you, like, that, you know, Austin, Taker, Michaels, you know, Abraham Hart, The Rock, they, they should be in the top ten, you know, in that range. But – I mean, come on, you're telling me that Triple H is number 12 and Hulk Hogan is number 23? You're telling me that Triple H, as good as he is, is better than Ric Flair? You're telling me that Gorgeous George? What the heck? Gorgeous George is number 13? Who thinks of this crap? I like that Randy Savage was so high on the list, but Savage is that much better than Hogan? I mean, uh, Joe, I, you know, I could scream. I could absolutely scream right now. Yeah, and um, you're like you said, you said Todd Grisham was was telling the audience or whoever was watching that show that he didn't make this list up, and he kept reassuring the fans that, you know, it wasn't him that made this list. It was the current WWE roster. So, you know, I I have all the respect in the world for the late, great Eddie Guerrero, but there's no way, shape, or form that Eddie Guerrero is better than, than Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. I mean, I don't even know how he makes the top. He's in the top 15. He's number 11. I mean... Gorgeous George, we could, you know, let me let me pick, a, let me continue to pick apart this list. Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, fifteen, and you have again Hulk Hogan at number twenty-three. DG, I mean, I think obviously we're we're smarter than the WWE roster because I think we can make a better list than this. I agree. I want to know who in their right mind thinks that in any way, shape, or form. 
Jerry Lawler is better than Hulk Hogan. And what I mean about this list being out of whack is Lou Thez, all right, the founder, of, you know, the creator of Lou Thez Press. How is Lou Thez in the top tw- 21 if it's based on the current WWE roster voting for these guys? I, I don't know. You know what? We're about to wrap the show up. So, sir, I'd actually like to get into this on Tuesday if we have time. And if not, next Thursday we can just continue to break this list down and, and you know, really get into it and possibly rearrange it in, in the order that we think it should be. But, you know, um, any closing thoughts, sir, before I wrap this bad boy up? Yep. I mean, I, I just want to mention to the folks that um, I do want to uh, – semi-apologize to Pyro for tonight because I did mention that you know he's supposed to come to a segment. So we really don't know what's up with Pyro. Hopefully he's okay, his family's okay. So we'll see uh, on Tuesday if we can have him on and we'll see who's going to do the real apology on the air which should get him some mad ratings if I have to do the apology, DG. You know, hopefully Pyro just is either sleeping or, you know, forgot that he had a final day to take or whatever. So <laughs> Hopefully, I do apologize, Pyro. Um, I was a little upset. No contact from you all day today, so I apologize. But we'll see who's going to do the real apology when we find out the real story, folks. So you realize, that, uh, he, sir, you realize yeah. that he graduated last week, right? So I don't think there's any finals he has to, he has to make up. But uh, aside from that, folks, we'd like to thank you for tuning in, as always. I'd like to thank Todd for our sports update. I'd like to thank Fitz, our producer, Jose our wonderful media director, public relations director, whatever he does. I'd like to thank Kelly Arbordoff. I'd like to thank Pyro for another wonderful On Fire with Pyro segment. Remember to tune in next Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Really? 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 (laughs) For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you folks to really always keep it PG. Good night, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.